Well, awesome. We're going to dive in this morning, continue our journey through Philippians. Uh, and going to be looking once again at what we read, chapter 2, verse 12 and following. And uh, today, you know, when I just was thinking through, looking at this, um, my house, well, let me just ask this. Everybody, you have to wake up because you have to answer this question for me. How many of you have a TV and use it? Okay, how many have a TV and use it? You guys are much more responsive than our first group. I still think there's some of you that are holding out on me, but that's okay. So Rachel and I, we enjoy a good TV show. Now let me ask another question. How many people in the room struggle to find good TV shows? And when I say good, like that you'd want to watch, like from a spiritual perspective. Yeah, all over the room, right? Like horrible. So we also have found, I'm sure it's just us. But the, there's some great shows that start. And after, it feels to me like throughout time, after about the third season or in the third season, you're fully hooked. You're like, this is it. Then they just bring in stuff that has nothing to do with the show, but topics that are just trying to, I mean, from a Christian perspective, just go against what the word of God would speak. Like teaching and not just like stuff, but like telling you what you should do within a show that's a cop show, right? Like why? Why do we need to do this? And so we hate it. We hate it. Because then anybody been in the third season of a, se of a show, or maybe the seventh season, or whatever it is, and all of a sudden you're like, can I continue to watch this show? I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm not trying to be whatever. But this goes against everything that would be what I believe. So now, what do I do? Anybody you've ever been there like, come on, why? Yes, all over the place. Uh, We've been trying to work it out, figure it out for our whole entire marriage. Like, what do we do? How do you know what's going to happen in season three when, when you start, there's no seasons? How do you know what's gonna, what it's going to look like? And we enjoy TV. So recently, we've been walking this journey, and we found out about a great thing called VidAngel. How many have seen VidAngel before? Two, three of us. Nice. VidAngel is really cool because you literally run your Netflix or your Amazon Prime or whatever you have through this VidAngel. It's an app just like those. And now instead of going to Netflix, you go to Vid VidAngel and you can watch Netflix shows or Amazon Prime shows or whatever they are with no sex scenes in them, no cussing, no, you can get rid of violence, you can get rid of literally everything. You can get rid of so much that by the end there's no TV show to watch, depending on what the TV show is, right? And we're like, yes, this is awesome! Because sometimes you're like, why do they put that scene in? Or why do they put that in? Well, I do know. I know why. Because we're all sinful people and we live in a sinful world, right? But why? And so we now have found VidAngel. We love it. It allows us to watch some shows. And you obviously have to be careful because there's so much just bad themes, even if you get rid of words or scenes. But, but then we also had a Roku. Now, how many use Roku in the house? Like, that's your little device, little Roku. Yeah. So we found the cheapest one when we bought it. It was 25 bucks. It was on sale like three generations ago. And then we got it. And for the last, I think, three years or so, it acts like it's three generations ago. Like it just isn't as good as you'd want. So we just upgraded yesterday, which I should be an Apple spokesman. But the Apple TV is wonderful. Little box you buy. It is so much more user-friendly. And what we like is that VidAngel could not be an app underneath of Roku, but it is an app inside of Apple TV, so now we can literally just pull up the app, and we don't have to try to stream it from our phone, and my stream 
my phone to our Roku. It would skip and do all that stuff, which we put up with. But now it plays well. It's a good interface. So you might think I'm trying to sell you on Apple TV, on VidAngel. Maybe, I don't know. But this morning, what I'm going to talk about is working it. Anybody ever been in a place where you just keep working the process, where you keep working it? Maybe exercise. Anybody in the place where you're like, I'm just going to keep working it? Nobody. That's only a slight exaggeration. Nobody just loves working out. Like, I, I hope I can get up two hours early this morning so I can go work out because then it's going to be great. Like, some of you are just sick and you're blessed and you love it and you can't get through your day without it. But the rest of us are like, I don't want to wake up early. I don't want to go run. I don't want to work out. Right? We have to work a process and you figure out, how do I get where I can be healthy, live a healthy life, do some exercise, eat some good stuff. Anybody like eating food? Like anybody? Some of you I just mentioned, uh, you like to work out and that's your consistent thing. Most of us like to eat chocolate consistently. Like that's more fun than working out is. Right? We have to work a process of, of how do I eat healthy and live healthy? How do I put the right kind of content in my, my mind and my heart so that my life is good, my health is good, my relationships are good? Right? There's a process. Anybody notice that w life is work just in general? Like it's work. People are like, oh man, I became an adult, and then things got hard. And as a kid, you're like, I can't wait till I'm an adult. Any kids? There's kids up back there helping the cameras. All right, there's kids right up here. When I'm an adult, I'm just going to be able to do whatever I want. Wrong. You're not going to be able to do whatever you want. In fact, you can do less, I think. Somehow, you have all the freedom in the world, but you don't have the money for it. You don't have the, the, all the things for it, right? You got to go to work, and if you don't go to work, you get fired. And if you don't, if that happens, then you're... I don't know, on the street, like that, you, you have less freedom. It's a process of our life of, Lord, help me get from where I am to where you want me to be. And here in this verse, more than the content that I let stream through my now Apple TV, which is so much better, is verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, which I have to stop, I can't, can't continue. I think Paul was lying. He lied right here in the Bible. He said, you have always obeyed. Anybody in the room, you've always obeyed? Anybody? Yeah, nobody in the room has always obeyed. So I'm just saying, I think Paul literally lied right here in the Bible, but that's not what we're talking about today. So now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We just talked about all of these areas we can work out. And when we think of our spiritual walk with God, Working out our salvation is a huge thing. In fact, it's what we get to kind of do till we die, till we're in heaven with Jesus someday. We get to work out our salvation. Now, he's talking to a group of believers. He's talking to the church. He's not saying, find out a way to be saved. Like this morning, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you can choose to make him the Lord of your life and be a follower of Jesus. You can have salvation. But he's then saying to work out your salvation because if you're like me, there's still a sin nature inside of you that tries to rear its ugly head in your life. That tries to get you to be angry when you shouldn't be. Or tries to get you to watch something you shouldn't. Or tries to get you to do something you shouldn't. Or even more than the things, tries to just distract me from my relationship with God. What's the most important thing in my life? I have the process of working out my salvation. And Paul is telling them here to work out your salvation. And then goes on with fear and trembling. And throughout the Bible, there's a, there's a theme and a topic of fear of the Lord. 
There's a, a fear of the Lord that is right. There's a fear of the Lord that we should have. But I also believe as God's grace is sufficient and God's goodness and these things of our life, I don't believe that God sits here with a sledgehammer just waiting for us to mess up so that he can crush us. I don't believe today that the fear that he's saying is you should be kind of cowering in the corner or never leave your house because if you don't leave the house or even maybe, well, if you just don't have a TV or computer, you don't have to worry about what you see on it or true. That is true. But I don't think that the point is that you need to be scared to death of making a mistake or scared to death of God because what if you mess up? Instead, within this, it says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. To work out your own salvation walking with God. My dad, and uh, man, I'm so thankful he's sitting here on the front row. He started this church in 1980. Uh, obviously grew up in his home. I feel like he was about as perfect a dad as you could have. Uh, I'm sure there's no perfect dad. And uh, that is, you know, that's of course. But to me, I don't know. If I can do what he did for, for me, if I can do that for my children, I feel like that's great. And you know, I had a healthy fear of my dad. I didn't have a fear like if I messed up, he was going to kill me. Although at certain ages in my life, I might get a whooping. It's possible that I would get a whooping. I'm thankful for discipline in my life. But I had a fear of dad. Like I did not want to disappoint my dad. In fact, at 38 years old, guess what? I don't want to disappoint my dad. There's a, a reverence, there's an honor that goes to him. There's a, a fear or respect that I have that I believe God would say we should have for him. Paul would say there should be a healthy fear. And as I continue to think, I think in my own life and what I've learned and I think throughout the word is not a fear of a failure, not a fear of I made a mistake, not a fear of, well, if I don't go out, I'll never be with people, I'll never mess up, or I'll never say something wrong. But fear of not working it out. I want to have a fear in my life, like a big time fear, of staying in a corner and not letting God continue to transform me to look more like him. That's what I would be scared of in my life. When there's an issue or a problem, or if I say something to my wife or I do something in my family. Guess what? Lord, forgive me. Rachel, forgive me. God forgives me. But what I am not going to let happen is just stay in the spots I am right now and say, it's all right. It's just how I am. It's how my parents were. It's how they raised me. It's how whatever excuses we can have. No, God would say, and Paul was saying, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And in fact, I would say when we come to the presence of God, when we come and we let him speak to us like this morning in worship, we all of a sudden realize you are so faithful, you are so powerful, you are so strong and mighty and righteous, you are perfect. And I tremble in the presence of my God, and I'm going to fear my God, I'm going to worship my God. I'm going to tremble before my God and want to honor him and respect him. Because he's everything. He's done it all for me. I'm going to be, continue to work out my salvation. Pastor Ashley spoke last week and talked uh, through uh, verse 8 as a part of that, this is about Jesus being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Right? Jesus, was he working out his deal in the garden? Saying, Lord, 
if, if possible, take this cup from me. I do not want to go to the cross. Now, real fast, this is good, because if Jesus just wanted to go to the cross, then we can know he was insane. And thankfully, he's not insane, because no one wants to go to the cross. Anybody want nails pounded through your hands or your wrists or your feet? You want to get be suffocated to death? That's how you die on a cross? Like, he's like, I don't want this. But Lord, I humble myself before you. I humble myself. I give myself to you. Lord, even Jesus in the garden, work it out. Work it out. I'm working out this process. I'm working out obedience. I'm working out. And thankfully, Jesus always chose the right way to go. Come on. Otherwise, the cross doesn't matter. He chose right. But help me to do that. Just like Jesus was the example just verses before here. Help me to work out my salvation. There's nothing more important than coming before the Lord. It's not about works. It's not about uh, what I am, but it's about, Lord, would you work within me? Would you come and pour your spirit in, in me? Work it out. The next thing in the next verse, work it within. Verse 13 goes on, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, as I was just reading this and studying this, I'm like, God, you are really amazing. You're telling us to work out our salvation. You're telling us to figure out, I think to some low level, you're telling us to figure out how much TV you watch and how, what content of TV you watch. Like that's a part of our life, right? Not a works thing. Not everyone's going to do the same thing and I, that God leads you. But that's a part of our relationship with God is how much of whatever it is in our life are we going to do. We work it out. And then he says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work. He shows you. He gives you what you need. He tells you what to do. And then, for his good pleasure. That just blows my mind. That you're working it out. You're being shown the will and the work of God for you in your life. What God does, that process in your life, brings God pleasure? And sometimes in our life, I think we think, well, if I mess up, if I do something wrong, God's going to give me a sledgehammer to the head. But right after, that's not what he's saying because he says it brings me pleasure to walk with you. It brings me pleasure to work it out with you. It brings me pleasure to, to give you the desires of your heart, to, to pour into you what you should do and who you should be. It gives God pleasure Saying, hey, why don't you use VidAngel? Or why don't you do this? Or, hey, you struggle with what you see on the internet, so why don't we put some safeguards here? He gives you pleasure to say, guess what? You might need a computer, but how can we do that good? It gives pleasure saying, maybe I shouldn't be addicted to my phone or to any substance or any. So let's work out the process. It brings God pleasure to help you go from where you are now and continue to work the journey and walk the journey to become what God has created you to be. And when my mindset changes and I say, Lord, I'm so thankful that my mistake or the working process doesn't just make you want to kick me out of heaven. No, it brings him pleasure to walk the journey with him, which I go back, Lord, the only thing I'm afraid of is me quitting, is me stopping where I was, is me not continuing to let you work in me. The pleasure somehow is yours to help guide and lead, which doesn't make sense because you're perfect and holy. But he loves you. And it changes the mindset when we realize today, you don't leave and God's trying to beat you down, but you leave and God's trying to build you up and work in you and, and give you desires and move you into the things that he has. 
I could talk a long time on this sermon, so I better keep going. But man, it's good. Remember that it brings pleasure to God to work in you. As we continue, work it out, work within, work it within, and then work it without. Now, the next few verses, uh, Paul gets pretty practical on us. And I really like this. He says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Oh, come on, Paul. Why, we could have stopped with the, I like this other part, bringing pleasure to God, working in the process. Now he says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Now, when I was thinking about those, uh, that, sounds, that sounds good. Like, we don't want to grumble and dispute. Like, I would think person to person in the room. That, that is good. But as I did a little bit of study on these verses, many commentators and, and uh, people that just would pour over this, based on the context of what just came in chapter 1, based on the context of where they are, remember that this church is in a place where Paul is in prison because he is a follower of Jesus. That there's persecution that is coming to the church. There's problems that just because they're followers of Jesus is coming upon them. And commentators would say that this is probably way more. Don't dispute and don't be disgruntled God to you than it is person to person. Now, this obviously fits 100% grumbling or disputing. If dad and I, or oh, closer to home right now, if Rachel and I cannot grumble and dispute between each other, our marriage is going to be a whole lot better, right? Like way better. As a friend sitting here on the front row, if we're not grumbling and disputing, we're going to want to get together. And if we are grumbling and disputing, we're not going to, I mean, right? It's just common sense. As a church, we don't want those things in our life. But thinking about the context, thinking about how this, this sentence is put together, what happens when I start to say within me, Lord, I don't want there to be grumbling and even disputing between me and you. What happens when, when life doesn't go how I want it to go, just like they're experiencing? Lord, people are going to jail. Paul could be martyred. This could be really bad if we stand up for you. We're, we're, more faith is coming, we see in chapter 1, but, but oh man, this is difficult. What happens if instead of, God, I don't understand, and I get mad at God, and I dispute with God? Now, real fast, I'm not saying, I think God lets us come to him and give us, Lord, I'm, I'm struggling. There's a lot going on. But there's a difference in, Lord, work in me. And why? What's wrong with you? Just like with a friend. There's a difference in a conversation and a, why? What have you done? You've left me. You've abandoned me. And there's something that I believe that we're supposed to see here. That when our relationship with God goes from, you didn't keep it perfect, so now I'm upset. You didn't make it happen, so now I'm going to grumble. You didn't do it how I wanted, so now there's a dispute between us. When instead I go back and say, Lord, you've worked it. We're working out my salvation. I don't know. I don't know. There's been a lot. There's been a tragedy. Someone has died near me. There's been something that didn't go how I thought it should go. It doesn't make sense to me. But Lord, I still trust you. I still honor you. And there's not going to be a dispute or a grumbling between me and my God. Because I'm just Chris. I'm just a person on the earth. You are the God of the universe. And Lord, if you could help me, I'd love to understand a little more. I'd love to get a little more. But Lord, I'm not going to get angry at the God of the universe. And when persecution came upon the church, I think Paul's saying, you guys got to be close together, but you also have to trust your God. You've got to trust your king. Don't grumble. Don't dispute one to another. 
And when I think about the, the person to person, I, I just was drawn, actually, a conversation uh, with my dad here at a, a Dublin pastor's prayer. We got together, encouraged each other. And Galatians 5.19, I love this list of, of sin because, man, there's some really terrible things in here. It says, now the works of the flesh are evident. I agree. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Like, that's pretty bad. Then let's just skip down a little bit. Drunkenness, uh, orgies, things like this, right? Can we all agree? Not good things. Like, they're just not going to help us in our life. But there's in the middle a whole list of things that should not be in the same list as orgies. I don't think. It doesn't quite fit to me. It doesn't make sense. And right in the middle is enmity or strife or jealousy or fits of anger or rivalries or dissensions or divisions or envy. There's envy. Like, yeah, that's not good. Envy's bad. But orgies, that's the two later. And all of a sudden, when you look at the word of God and you begin to say, I'm not going to grumble one to another because the grumbling and disputing, it fits right in line with this list of things like orgies and sexual immorality. And we want to put it at a level. It's not that big a deal. I was just talking about somebody. It's not that big a deal. I was just gossiping. Or it's not that big a deal. We just aren't really friends right now. When I read the Bible, Galatians, when I read throughout the word, it's all in the same list. So Lord, as you're working out my salvation, would you help me really dive into what you are? Would you help me, Lord, let, let it be, my life be without grumbling. Lord, let my life be without uh, disputing with a brother or sister, but even to start that with you. Lord, I don't understand everything that happens. I don't like everything that happens. I need you to show me more of you in everything that happens, but... Lord, I trust you, and I give you glory, and I give you praise. Why? Because he's working out our salvation. And I don't have to understand, but Lord, I, I want to keep knowing more. I want to keep looking more like you. I want to keep giving you praise and honor. And when we're working it out, and it's, it's, he's working within us, and we work it without grumbling and disputing one another or ourselves to God. And the last thing today, I think it is where it all starts. It's why Paul can speak these things in what just seems to be such an easy way. Is work it poured out. Hold fast to the word in verse 16. The word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be poured, uh, uh, proud that, uh, sorry, that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Then verse 17. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul had been walking this journey. Paul, when he had a Damascus Road experience and God came and his life was transformed. Then he had a decade or more that he was away. We don't know what happened, but what he was being discipled. He was working out his salvation. He was working out who he was. Then when he gets here, he can say, I don't care, even if I'm poured out for you. What does that mean? If I'm martyred, if I give my whole life, if I lay every single thing down uh, that, I, that I have that I would care most about my life, Lord, is, even if I'm poured out, he's telling them, going to bring glory to God. 
I'm going to rejoice even if I have to be poured out. And would you rejoice along with me? He's saying, let the goodness of God move in your heart. And if today we can agree, if you and God can agree, you know what, God, even if I have to be poured out, even if my own life would have to be given up, I say yes to you. Then we go back through the list and grumbling and disputing. Really, why would we need to grumble and dispute if I've already laid it all down before my king? If he's everything, Lord, I'm going to trust you even when I don't understand. Lord, I'm not going to let something between a brother and a sister happen because I've laid it all down before you. Even if someone else is wrong, I don't need to be right. It's okay. Why? Because I've already given it all to you. Paul, Lord, I've already given you my life. If I'm to die to you in this prison, it's okay. And in fact, Lord, if I'm going to die in this prison, let it bring glory to you and honor to you. Let there be worship that comes. And not only Paul, that he would say that he's going to be God, but church, would you rejoice even with Paul? Even if he's saying, even if I am martyred, would you rejoice with me? This can bring glory to God. He lived in a poured out way. So today when we work it and we work it poured out, you know what, what we watch in general, there's way more important things. And I never want to get legalistic. I never want to have rules and whatever, but there's also things where God has spoken. I'm not going to let stuff in my life. It's just not who I am. And maybe VidAngel for a season is great and we can watch some shows and get rid of some stuff. And maybe someday we're like, I'm, it's not even worth it. I don't know. I don't know where God's going to end, but Lord, I want to be poured out that whatever you ask of me, it's good. And the TV is, doesn't really matter, but my relationship with you, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my world, Lord Jesus, how I honor you and live for you, how I just say yes to you once again, not the list, but what are you asking me to do? And then I'm going to say yes, no matter what. Lord, you've got my life, even if it needs to be poured out. A harder thing, even if, Lord Jesus, something happens to my wife that I don't understand, or my kids, Lord, I've already given them to you. And I'm going to trust you, even if the worst would come. Ah, that's hard. See, not even easy to say, but Lord, I'm going to live poured out before you. If persecution comes to America for the church, hopefully not in our lifetime, but if it does, if I go to jail, that's all right. I'm poured out. What do you want me to do, God? What do you want me to do? I'm going to do it because it matters what you have, not what I have or what I think or what I want. I'm going to lay it all down. And you walk poured out. Nothing can stop you from fulfilling your God-given purpose. Nothing can stop you. You're not going to get sidetracked. You're not going to go to the left or right because you've already given it all to him life can be difficult and if today you're just struggling I want you to know this is not about saying that it's a little thing no it's a big thing it's huge and I I'm sorry that your life is difficult and please what I ask you work out continue to work out your salvation continue to work out your problems continue to work out your giving of praise to God in the midst of what you're walking through and today if we can come and say we give you it all then Lord, no matter what happens, we're going to make it. We're going to get there. We're going to accomplish. We're going to receive what God has through life. A bunch of you in the room, things are good. And come on, let's go.
Let's go. Let God use you. If it's difficult today, let's give him every part of who you are, every part. And watch him. Watch him work in your life and through your life, even in the midst of what seems so difficult right now. Someday he'll bring you through. Someday he'll get you to the other side. Someday you'll see, oh man, my God was with me and he never left me and he never forsook me. And my prayer is that you would feel him today. That you would know him today. In fact, all over this room, if we could just bow our head, our eyes, or I mean our head, close our eyes. If you've never given your life to the Lord, what better time than on a sermon talking about being poured out, talking about how good he is, but also submitting our own desires and our own will our own life to him. What better moment than to do what he would call us to do, and that's to give him our life, to ask him to be the Lord of our life, to make him everything. He wants to forgive your sin and make you new. He wants to to do what you cannot do. He wants to do it in your life. And today, if you'd say, I need Jesus, I desire him, I want him, then I'm gonna ask you here in a moment to raise your hand, and we're gonna pray together the whole room. Those at home, we're going to pray together because there's nothing more important than saying yes to him. If you've never given your life, or maybe today you'd say, you know what, I've given my life, but I'm not walking in a way where I'm working out my salvation. I'm not walking in a way where he's speaking and where I'm allowing him to speak in my life. And if that's you today, I would ask you to recommit your life to him, to say yes to him. And a prayer, it's not the whole deal. A prayer gets it done, salvation. And then we get to work out our salvation. The sanctification process in our life takes place. And now the rest of my life, the rest of your life, we just say, Lord, I want to look more like you. I want to do what you've called. I don't want grumbling or disputing to be a part of my life. I don't want that list of stuff to be a part of my life because it hurts me or it hurts somebody else. So this morning, if you say, I want to give my life to Jesus, I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, I'm just going to ask you to boldly put your hand up. We'll pray together. Then ask you maybe at the end to come talk to me. I would love to speak to you or one of the other team members. Uh, There's nothing more important. So today, if you want to give your life to Jesus, on the count of three, would you raise your hand? One. Two. Three. This morning, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Yes. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, sirs. Anybody else in the room, you'd say, that's me. I want to give my life. I want to rededicate. Come on. Yes, thank you. The greatest decision and the beginning or the rededication to that process of working out what God wants to do in our life. So all over this room, if we could, would you repeat after me? If you just raised your hand or you didn't, but you want to give your life to the Lord, let's all mean it with our heart. God welcomes us in. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I love you. And this morning, I want to make you the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. I repent of my past, of the things I've done that hurt me or someone around me. I want to be your child, and I want you to be my Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, if we could, all over the room, let's, let's give God a hand. But if we could also, could we stand all over the room this morning? We're going to close this time together. Just singing the song we sang last one more time. And I believe all over this room, there may be people in different spots. Maybe you need to work it out this morning. 
Maybe God is working within you and you need to fully let him take that step in your life. Maybe grumbling or disputing or one of those sin elements today, you're like, oh Lord, I gotta give that to you no more. And even Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. And I'm gonna walk from a place of being poured out that no matter what happens, I trust my God, my creator, the savior of the universe. He's so good. He's so good. Let's worship him. Let's give him the last few minutes of our time together so that we can leave and be ready to make a difference in our world. Church, our God is so good. He loves you. He's got the best for you. And this week, I want to encourage you. Let's work out our salvation. Let's keep working it out. We're going to do that till one day we're in his presence in heaven. We're going to keep working it out. We're going to keep growing, keep looking more like him. And this week, as we do, let's, let's live our lives in a way where we can say yes to him. Whatever he asks you to do this week, do, do it. It lines up with the word, do it today. Let God use you at your work, at school, wherever you are, in a grocery store, at a, a ball game, whatever you're doing, let God use you. He loves you. And if you need encouragement today, He's not as worried about the thing. He just doesn't want you to stay in the thing. So ask for forgiveness and let's get up and walk. Let's get up and work it out and watch him even receive pleasure from you and the process of growth in your life. He's so good. So Lord, this morning we one more time say thank you. I wanna personally as a church say thank you for some reason getting pleasure as we walk through the stuff of life, as we work out our salvation. Lord, thank you, God, that you aren't there with a sledgehammer, but that you're there with a, come on, you got this, that you get pleasure, just like a father with his son or with his daughter, growing, riding that bike for the first time, getting on those rollerblades, whatever it might be. Lord, that you walk with us and you get pleasure from it. So Lord, we pray that this week you would, you would get pleasure from your church as we say yes to you as we walk in you, as we don't grumble, as we don't dispute one another or with you. But God, we let you speak to our life. You reveal yourself. And Lord, we're going to work it out. Lord, let us live our lives in that way to be poured out. No matter what happens, no matter what comes, no matter what the future holds, we give it to you. We lay it at your feet. And we say we're going to trust you. We're going to walk in you. We're going to move forward in you. We love you. Bless this church. Bless these people. Let them be used by you this week. Your church, the Rad Fam, all throughout Dublin and Columbus and the surrounding areas, and even to the ends of the world as we give, as we go through missionaries and partnership, God. We thank you. We praise you. And we worship you. It's in your holy and precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being here. If you want more information about My Village Ministries or uh, the, the uh, brunch that's going to be happening November 5th, be sure to see Sharon Kreps out in the foyer. We love you all. Have an amazing week. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. We'll see you again next week.